What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. today's show today is the 5th of may it is wednesday it is relationship wednesday and this entire week has been filled with yet again all the subtleties in our minds that end up being in our lives and yesterday we talked about happiness like why do we overlook happiness and then today we're putting out You know, are your relationships peaceful? And the reason I wanted to talk about these things is because, you know, I'm going through a major illness that just, you know, illness doesn't take a day off. And sometimes you wish you can take a day off, but you can't. You are dependent on um, others need you, and you still somehow have to find peace. You still have to find happiness in each day that you are doing this. And I know yesterday I felt like I could fall asleep standing up. I couldn't wait to come back and do the radio show. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, my God, did I just take too much on? And yet, no. Because I love doing the show. I love being with everybody. And it's such a healer for me to even talk about these things because I know how real they are in our lives. And, you know, it's funny. I slept at 7 p.m. last night and still woke up at my normal time today. And I still feel like I could go down again before anybody else wakes up. But it's it's all still coming from a great place where it's peaceful and there is happiness. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that I'm finding the strength in it and the fact that we overlook these things or we think people who are happy are boring or we think people who have great relationships are like ignoring a lot of other stuff when really it's because they faced it. And so I ask everyone, you know, hey, are your relationships peaceful? Because they're the best people to talk to. 
that thing about it takes a lot of strength to be kind, it takes a lot of understanding of another human being to be able to live peacefully with them. I think the craziest part of it all is that we think, oh, they have it easy. You know how we just say some people were born happy? Well, they they were that way ever since they met. But no one really sees the inner workings of how they get along, why they get along, how they choose their battles, what makes them be able to understand the other person instead of wanting to fight them over everything and live in that chaos because we're so used to looking at chaos as passion. Some people are uncomfortable when the relationship is calm because they're so used to chaos that they're afraid that if there is no chaos, there is no love or there is no excitement or there is no attraction anymore. That feeling of, well, we're stale, nothing's really happened for a while. But there's that thing that when you're so engulfed in pain or chaos or argument and so invested in defending all those parts of you, I know many people who've lived like that for years in a relationship, some still in them, some they left. But they, once a relationship gets to that peaceful part, at times, believe it or not, even though that was the goal, leave and start up with the angst with another person. Because to them, that defines a thriving relationship, a good relationship, something that makes their blood boil. And they look at it that way. It's extremely counterintuitive or or even counterclockwise to think of it that way. Yet at the end of the day, feeling peace is our greatest achievement. Because once you feel peace, what do you have? You have time to explore the world. Like if you meet couples that travel together, they can talk to you about places they've things they've done, people they met, they feel together on it. But if you're meeting people who aren't even there, who aren't really talking about life, just about each other, rolling their eyes about each other, people just don't believe that they could be there, that they could accept just like we can't accept happiness and we create another problem and stick it in the problem slot, that it's hard for them to accept the successful relationship that they themselves said they wanted. So if you look at your relationship as a problem-solving experience, and that if you're not feeling good all the time, You just pick on every problem you have. Then you have to ask yourself why you even engage in a relationship to do that. We don't even think of the other partner when we're upset because we're too busy trying to state our case because 
We're so wrapped up in ourselves that we don't even hear them. Yet do things that are positive. And believe it or not, one of the top things that a couple does together that keeps them together, that keeps them talking, that keeps them solving is eating, drinking, and sleeping at the same times. Not just one grab the bite here, the other grab the bite there, and there's no intersection in the whole day, even if it is just the weekends. But when you're together, you do eat together, and you do sleep at the same time. Because when you do that, you stay in sync. And it keeps you more positive. It keeps everything the two of you do together, something that you look forward to. What are we going to have for lunch? Oh, we go to bed all the time at the same time. And what was super important about those two sentences is using the words we. We did this. We did that. We are together because if you don't have times where you know you can talk things out that's when the stuff builds up and then one of you says or does something and the other just rips into them and then after that you you have to literally go out of your way to make time to resolve this issue Because those kind of blow-ups don't usually happen when people have a regular time they sit together every day. Because when you know you're going to talk to that person, you blowing up on them probably is not going to happen. Because you're thinking, well, I'm going to face them at lunch. What am I going to do, not talk and show how mad I am? Or, oh, we're gonna, we'll talk about this at lunch. Because something in them knows it's a positive experience to have lunch together or dinner and that you will talk about it. Because when we come from a negative place, it's going to affect the way we reciprocate or the way we relate or the way we accuse another person for all the bad things they've ever done to you. It's really interesting to think how something as simple as having a meal together can give peace to a relationship. How many times have we heard people breaking up because they say, we grew apart? And then if you dig inside of their relationship, you find out that they have learned to live side by side and they don't intersect. They don't do anything together. And then they go, how did we get here? Well, you're busy doing this over here, and I'm busy doing this over here, and we don't get a chance to talk. So now there's no bonding. When something's wrong, there's a lot of blaming, eye-rolling. And they've even gotten to a point where they don't even intersect to argue. Because an argument 
lets you know, in a way, you're still in the game. You're still thriving enough to get upset, believe it or not. If you aren't meeting regularly and talking regularly, you're still in it enough to get upset. But some people say, oh, it's not worth it. Why would I give that time? They're busy over there. I'm busy over here. What am I going to say? Because the connection has dulled to the point of not even wanting a negative interaction to interact. It's really interesting. Because the best marriages and the best relationships have a positive like override, like anything that happens. They say, hey, you know what? You tried. Hey, that wasn't okay. But now you know that, and you both laugh. But when we say, you always do that, you're always creating chaos. You're always late. You give that person nowhere to go. You know that you're doing that. They know that you're doing that. And those two negatives that you start adding to your conversations, and they're subtle. It's not like you came out and told them how awful they are. You just reinforce it. You always do this. You always do that. And you don't, you don't stop. The accusations get big and the person kind of gets under them and they don't know how to come out. So now they feel bad and they may say something back to you to make you feel just as bad as they feel. And those two negatives are a great prescription for a breakup. Because how long can you thrive when you feel that defeated. People think breakups come from these big things that happen in a day or in the life of, and they say, yeah, well, they broke up because he cheated. They broke up because she did this. But that's not why they broke up. The fact that they cheated was a sign of the fact that they've already started to break up. Because now they're introducing a whole nother ball of wax into the relationship. There's a saying that once you say the word divorce to each other, you probably headed towards it. Because now you've thought about it enough to throw it on the table, add its energy to your arguments, and use it as a threat. And use it as a threat. I remember in my first marriage, I never thought of divorce, ever. I didn't even know in my culture I could get a divorce. And we did have meals together. We'd have people over together. We did a lot together, and that kept us together. Even though when the lights were out and people weren't there, he, he had no interest in talking to me about anything. He just wanted to keep putting me in my place over and over and over again. And then one day, 
he used the word divorce. It made me cry. I couldn't believe it. It was almost like we got divorced that day. That he used the divorce as a tool to try to reinforce his disapproval of me and anger and whatever else he was carrying. He introduced it as an option. And he knew it was one more way of controlling me. And by the hundredth time that he said it, instead of crying, I agreed. He wanted to push me and push me and push me into something he believed he deserved. He created the whole tornado all by himself. After he would hurt the relationship, he wouldn't talk to me for months. I once went to him and I said, hey, you know what? I think we need help. There's something wrong. And he said that if we went to get help, that would be the beginning of the end. Because he knew that they would tell me what was going on. But I have to say that the first time the word divorce was used, open the door. There were no positive overrides after that because I knew that what he was ultimately thinking wasn't good for us. What I thought was better than it was made me realize he did not. And believe it or not, after that word was said and was used, I started to feel a sense of peace because I said, at least I know where he stands. At least I know what he thinks. This is doing where he thinks this is going, why he thinks it's going there. I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. So what? I'll be not good enough on my own. And the thoughts in my head separated, and it was like I'm on my own now. Even though I was still there in time, even though I couldn't see how I was going to live on my own, even though I didn't know what was going to happen with the kids and I, I felt like let him at least get what he's asking for. Because it now became almost a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing or a monthly thing that I would get threatened with him leaving me because I'm so bad. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Was it just that I existed there because he would not tell me? It wasn't a conversation. But you know that when you feel your peace at the thought of the person finally just leaving you alone, that you would be okay somehow at the end of the day. Because there's like these 
things that if they exist in a relationship, the cornerstones, the relationship's going to have a hard time. And there, when we are including criticism, when we're always defensive, when we have contempt, and when we stonewall each other. All of those will negate peace. It's like the fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. It's not going to work. Ego cannot run a relationship. And there's a fine line between criticizing a human being and complaining about them. Sometimes a complaint you can try to fix. Sometimes you can answer it. You can say, hey, I'll do better. But if you hit someone with criticism over and over and over again, that erodes the peace. So you always have to ask yourself, What do I want this to be like on the other side? Is peace really important to me? Do I look at it as like, look at how weak we are, we're happy? There's there's some of us who just don't know how to get along without conflict. We're either defending ourselves or accusing the other person. Because if you defend yourself, why do you feel like you have to? What do you do when you go to take a break? Do you just go out and do everything you can't do in the marriage or in the relationship, and then you show up like, whoa, that felt good, I'm back. What do you do in that time when people say, well, I'll take a break? Does it calm down the situation or did it just put it off? Did you ever talk about things when you came back or not? Because how your relationships are, what they end up to be, and why you can stay or you can't stay, all goes back to how you really feel about a peaceful relationship. Is that something you really want? I remember after having such a hard relationship, when someone was kind or nice, I was like, oh, what a lightweight. Because I was so used to the heavy punches. I was really used to the heavy punches. And someone told, I know this can sound funny, my hairdresser, who had in common this this man who is now a celebrity as a um, psychiatrist, and he said, tell your friend, who was me at the time, don't get married for the next four or five years of her life and tell her to date a lot, not one guy. 
Because if she dates one guy, she's going to find the same person that she had. She's going to wonder why she feels so comfortable with that person, and it's going to be because of something that isn't positive, and she's going to get right back into discounting herself and doing what the other person needs. And I got really upset when I heard that because I said, I don't want to wait four or five years to get married again. Jeez, that's a long time. But I was being defensive. Because the truth was, I probably needed to wait a little longer than that to figure out what I wanted, not just wanting someone to want me. Because I would have created the same atmosphere with the same personality type because we tend to go to what we know. Never left my head even though I wanted it to. I was almost like I wished I didn't know that information because if I knew it, then I had to do it. But what he meant by me dating a lot of people over time, there was something to it. Because at the end of the day, I would have started to define after seeing so many different people, I would have grown to saying, is this right for me or not? Instead of trying to prove love was where it wasn't because it felt like that in the beginning. There's a difference pleasing or knowing what to do once you're plugged in and having a partnership. Having the kind of relationship, just having that where you communicate on a positive note. where you have a time where you are one and one, you know you have a place to bring up any kind of disagreement that may come up. Any kind. And know that you'll get through it to the other side. You never stop trying to solve the problems that exist. It's something that people think that when things are great, you won't have problems. You will. You will just want to solve them. That's the only difference. You want to solve them. You want to do better with each other. There's another person at the other side of the table, not you fighting the world. And this goes bleeds into any relationships we have. I know parents who won't talk to their kids. Or kids who won't talk to their parents, let alone just partners. And what are they going to be like with their partner? What are they going to be like? If you cut ties off with your family, what are you going to do with a partner? And why? The biggest question I always ask people is, why did you want a relationship? If once you get into a relationship, 
It causes so much havoc in your life. And do you realize you're part of the havoc? That was one of the hardest things for me to to want to see. Was what could I have done differently? And why? And could what I have done differently be in initially the choices I made to be in that kind of relationship? There's a lot of questions, but it doesn't mean that you're questioning a relationship. It means that you're questioning yourself so that you can be in a relationship. That's the big deal. We are no longer victims of each other. Anytime somebody comes to the point of being a victim, I always ask them, are you a victim of yourself? Are you a victim of another person? And why do you think that? You guys, my time has run out already. I am so happy that we get to talk to each other. I love our relationship. I love us talking all the time. Please have a great Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Send in your dreams. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.